Welcome to the BTC Pod, once again hosted by myself and Sam. Hi Sam. Hi there. So Croft, Slippy, Greasy, Gamble, Fun, everything Thruxton wasn't. How did you find the weekend? It was it was really good. It, it made for some exciting racing having no changeable conditions throughout the whole weekend through qualifying and into the race days. It's such a staple of British circuits, wasn't it, Croft? It's such an old but wonderful circuit. Brand new uh, tarmac as well, which I thought was going to be a little bit more greasy with the oil coming to the top mm. and the rain and the heat, but didn't seem to be too much of a problem. Surprisingly grippy, some of the uh, drivers were saying. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a, a more, much more exciting weekend than the uh, previous one at Thraxton. Well, let's begin by looking at the rather uh, war-torn, red-flagged qualifying session on the Saturday. Yes. Qualifying report. It was a tale of frustration for most of the grid. Uh, five red flags in the space of half an hour. Uh, that's impressive, isn't it? That's more than we had at Brands first weekend when it was absolutely tipping it down. It's impressive. It's also quite depressing. Uh, yes. The standards, again poor again the same names are caught up in those red flag instances Blundell's yeah. in there again um, and AJ calls one of them as well he did which meant obviously with the new regulations he got his fastest time cancelled and he still managed to still put it on pole and more of the BMW later yeah. um, for people like Adam Morgan they've had no luck with qualifying this year no. whatsoever he could get a single hot lap in every time he got out the red flag came out um, I really believe there needs to be a change to this yeah it doesn't work it's either make the session longer yep. or have split sessions. Split sessions. We said it at the start of the year. Yeah. There's 30 cars trying to get qualified. Uh, you know, it's difficult to keep clear track. Mm. Split sessions. We've you know, seen it work with the Clios in previous years. Yeah. Yeah. Just two sessions, 15 cars in each session, 10 minute session of each. You can then do it. You know, jumble it up afterwards. Yeah. You know? And you just split them by random draw. That way, there can be mm. no arguments about you know. All I don't know, Plato always gets the more favourable conditions or what yeah. have you, just completely random draw. Yeah. Um, Butcher was one of those to suffer during qualifying, having probably the biggest off. Yes. Um, right in front and both end off of the uh, Civic Type R. Now that was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, coming, coming out of the um, second chicane, I assume he must have lost back end running wide. Yeah. And he's gone straight for the barriers um, and, and was left there with a boot sitting on the track yes yeah I've not seen that before I have to say no. <laughs> and the Civic's got quite a big bottom so yes yes, yes it was good to see it on the track talking of Civics a uh, tale of two uh, successes really for BTC racing uh, Smiley did very well mm. in, the, in the qualifying session Cook not so well interesting uh, there yeah well Smiley we haven't probably seen the best of him yet this season have we um, yes and no. But managed to put it on the front row alongside Jordan. It shows the pace that the new shape Honda Civic yes. has got. Because uh, what Camish was up there in the top 10 as well. Always qualifies well, Dan Cam. He does. Um, and Cook and Neil just outside the top 10. Cook obviously carrying a little bit more weight. But throughout the weekend, the, the whole team, both teams perform well. Arguably the surprise of the session, Tom Chilton in third. Now, we worried about motor base at this track. It's BMWs we mm. expect to go well here and Subarus. I didn't see Tom Chilton on third 
No, <laughs> I and, I, and I especially didn't see Ollie Jackson qualifying eighth. No, it was a he's, very strong showing. I'm pretty sure that's his best qualifying since he's been in the British Touring Cars. Yep. Um, and it, it shows a bit of maturity from him. Only, what, three tenths of a second off of his much more experienced teammate in Chilton. Yep. Um, shows that the car's, the car's developing throughout the season. It's been very hit and miss this circuit for uh, Ford in the past. I remember Matt Jackson had a tremendous qualifying and they managed to put it into the gravel on the warm-up mm. lap in the rain several years ago. Um, but no, I wasn't expecting Chilton this close to the front of the grid in that car, I have to be honest. And uh, to hold off people like Turkton, Oliphant, Sutton, albeit they've got more weight, but to hold those quicker cars back, very impressive showing. Yeah. Race one. So race one then, as often uh, is the case, quite a processional race uh, out of the three and a lights to flag victory for AJ who absolutely stormed this one. It was comfortable for him wasn't yeah. it? Um, the, the pace that is in that BMW and especially from Andrew Jordan at the moment is incredible. Yep. Uh, obviously with the double, double win last time out, coming back from the big accident at Donington, um, to get another one on the board to record the most wins of any driver this season already four wins already at this at this point it's impressive yeah uh you say impressive i say alarmingly quick bmw it's yeah uh, we'll come on to that in aob um smile as well doesn't really put a wheel wrong at any point although clearly quicker than chilton in this race mm. uh, who i thought did very well to hold off the clearly quicker turpton oliphants who themselves had a little bit of door rubbing towards the end but yes. good, good to see it that there's no team orders at this stage in that in that team yeah, they had a coming together at the um, final hairpin, which, I don't know, put put Oliphant out a bit, Yes, really, because yeah. after the safety car had come out, which we'll come on to next, Oliphant didn't really make any more of a charge forward, and it was almost like he had his one go and he couldn't do it, so he held off knowing not to make any, any more mistakes and bring home the points for the team. We mentioned the safety car, why was it out? Oh dear, collard, collard. Collard. Uh, lack of talent? Well, it's interesting because I have a tweet. Well, it's interesting because I have a tweet here from Rob after the first, uh, after the qualifying session, sorry. Uh, what a shambles. BTC qualifying, five red flags in a half hour session. Uh, urine poor driving, I'm using the uh, family friendly term. Uh, this is supposed to be a professional championship. Hashtag get a grip. Those words rather came back to bite him, I think, in this mm, one. Um, and so did the wall. <laughs> I wasn't sure at first due to the um, urine standard camera angles down at the <laughs> <laughs> first corner whether he'd had a coming together with Tordoff or not. Uh, as Tordoff did have damage to the front of his car Indeed. and was running cars at the time, but it would appear he managed to lose it uh, and get a grip was perhaps what he needed to do in the car. Yeah, I mean, he slid wide coming out of uh, Sunny Out and dragged a fair amount of mud onto the circuit doing it. Yes, he did. Um, and reversed it into the wall, which cause the safety car because he wasn't able to get out of that position broken the rear tow link yep. um, and just like as the safety car was called Nick Hamilton also nearly followed him into the same place lucky not to come together very much so although there was some good to come out of this horror event we got to play Tim Harvey plays Land Rover no it's a Mr Bishy watch <laughs> uh, which he did later rectify in fairness in one of the yep. later races so fair play to him away from the top end of the grid I have to give a, a annoyingly a, a good shout out again to Jake Hill um, I said to you during the first race there's some very good moves pulled by him mm -hmm. and his maturity is plain to see I think having a season off or an incomplete season last year has 
has really helped him to to mature and to become a much better driver. He does seem just yeah, just that much, just so much better. He's gathering experience quickly, isn't yes. he? Uh, I think those races that he had out last season, he he's realised that yeah, this is what he really wants to do. Yeah. Um, and he need, needed to grow up, and he's certainly done that in the opening rounds this season. Yeah, completely agree. And annoyingly, I'm eating some humble pie where Jake Hills confirms. But yeah. interesting, he's also getting a lot out of Aldi. We're, we're seeing Mark Blundell struggle with the same car. Yeah. We saw last season uh, Ollie Jackson struggle in that car. Yep. Jake Hill is doing very well in it, to be fair to him. He is, and he was very unlucky in the second race, which we'll come on to. Uh, Ollie Jackson's fortunes after qualifying took a rather sharp downturn. Uh, in the first race, it did, and it was interesting. There was a couple of instances this weekend of cars breaking up, but no black um, and orange flags, which is no, surprising. No, that was rather unusual. Um, there were quite a few cars coming into contact with rectal barriers that were put yep. on the edge of corners to obviously stop people exceeding track limits. But that's pointless because the first chicane knew it was a straight line chicane. But I'll yeah. come on to that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, these rectocell barriers, yes, they're made out of foam, but they're still really quite solid. As Ollie found out. As Ollie found out. Um, clipping one on the inside of an apex, absolutely destroying the front end. And during just as the safety car come out, it actually broke his front suspension going into um, turn one under braking. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that we need to look at is what we're having in place to look at track limits. Because yes, the rectus cell barriers are great at the edge of the circuit when you're heading towards something solid. Yeah. But I don't think they're the right solution on the insides of corners. No, you've got one extreme of the little floppy bollard that you see at yeah. Kill, which gets taken out within the first seconds. And, and at the first chicane here. Yeah, or you get the ridiculously hard thing that completely rips the front wing off the car. Mm. I say, I don't want to bash the marshals too much, but I, I was surprised he was a black and orange flag. And there's a similar mm. uh, situation in the Ginettas later on where the spoiler was hanging off at an incredibly precarious angle. Yep. It just seemed bizarre. We've seen, over a couple of years ago, Gordon Shedden got uh, black and orange flag for something completely innocuous, really, a flappy bit at the back yeah. of the car. Which he managed to knock off himself, he? yes, yeah. yes, he did. Um, I just thought it was odd. Jackson wasn't the only one to fall foul of them as well, though. No, he um, wasn't. Simpson had to come in as well to have um, his front end gaffer taped up during the safety car. Later in the day, uh, Rory Butcher would clip one. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's, there's something that we need to look at with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It, you know, it seems that we've got you know, one extreme or the other. Uh, Jelly also received a penalty. It wouldn't be a British touring car race without a penalty somewhere along the line. Uh, and Jelly managed to re uh, receive one for a push-to-pass move on Moffat. Yeah, coming into the final hairpin, um, Jelly's well down the inside, but like nearly all four wheels off the track. Yeah. And it's you know you're not going to make a move there. It was silly. It was unnecessary something we say quite a few times with Jelly. Yes, yeah, typical BMW driver. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> so as I said, a fairly processional race one finished with Andrew Jordan leading the way uh, from Chris Smiley, from Tom Chilton completing the podium. Uh, Turkington and Orphan followed home in fourth and fifth along with Camish, Sutton uh, and Plato down to eighth. And then up to eight, up to eighth, uh, and Josh Cook and Matt Neal sneaking into the top ten. Yep. Also in the points, we saw Tom Ingram, Jake Hill, Aidan Moffat, Stephen Jelly, and Senna Proctor, who had a better showing, if not albeit not setting the track alight, but a better showing from Proctor. Uh, and Adam Morgan did well to pull himself for, uh, through the grid, 
but unable to really make the impact he'd hope. His luck has got to change soon. Yeah, I mean, we we had a few non-finishes in this in this race as well. Uh, Collard, obviously, that we've mentioned, yep. and Ollie Jackson. Uh, Bobby Thompson also didn't finish. I can't quite remember why. I think he pulled off with a mechanical um, issue. Uh, Sam Osborne pulled into the pitch during the safety car yes. and didn't get back out. Uh, and then towards the end of the race, Michael Kreese slid wide coming into the final complex he and did, uh, yes. reversed it into a barrier. Quite spectacularly. The, it wasn't a good showing for Team Hard this weekend. No, I'm not sure at all. We'll go on to, but that car does seem to be struggling more and more as this season goes on. Race two. Race two then, and I've got uh, AJ stupidly quick. Uh, obviously carrying the full ballast, and you really wouldn't have known it, would you? Uh, no. He escaped at the front and wasn't seen for the rest of the race. I mean, just And he could have been on a different planet. Just look at that gap at the end there. So Turkton did close the gap to uh, a second, uh, and then Karras is 11 seconds back. That's ridiculous that on full ballast. That's crazy stuff. Yeah, and I mean, um, Chilton, who started uh, alongside, well, just behind him on the grid, finished all the way down in ninth, 22 seconds off. Struggled with the weight, I think it's fair to say, Chilton's yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think one. the forward always does struggle a bit, bit with the weight. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, but, again, BMW's outclassing, even with weight. It's, it's worrying though isn't it I yeah. mean to be that far ahead with that much balance on the car is particularly when you, the cars behind you are two of the other fast cars on the grid in the two uh, Honda Civics uh, Cam and Neil yeah, that gap is worrying for me Neil really did catch the eye in this race for me mm. I thought he was incredibly racy some fantastic moves he's making the same move near, near enough every other lap wasn't yeah, he, he was. to make progress through the field into Sunny in Sliding it down the inside, late on the brakes, yep. and I don't know, no one seemed to read it. Just dispatched Ingram, Sutton and Plato. We're not talking about, you know, back of the grid drivers, oh, we're yeah. talking three of the best racers on the grid. And yeah, had no answer, he was very, very good, very strong showing for Matt and that. Well, in in the opening lap of the race, Oliphant um, had some issues, shall we say. Yes. Got together with Chilton at Turn 1, and then coming out of the second she came, ran wide and dropped it on the mud. Understandable in a rear-wheel drive car. Yeah, um, but that put him all the way down to the back, and it did. He didn't make much progress after that. No, surprising. In the, you know, we know he has a very quick car. I do think out of the three drivers, he's come to be the weakest, and perhaps. Well, to be fair, he's got a lot to learn. You know, he's, yes, he's only had one full season in the touring cars last year. He's learning a brand new car. Um, we've seen he has the pace and he has the racecraft. I think he just struggles more. He's got to carve his way through the grid, as we've seen at several points throughout this season. Yeah. Obviously, Smiley started on the front row along yes. with um, Andrew Jordan, and early on in the race had a good battle with Turkington. Fair. Um, very fair. Uh, but eventually, the pressure did tell. Obviously, carrying that weight, and he just dipped a wheel on the grass. Just yeah, and that was all Turkington needed was to get alongside. And, and to be fair, to, <coughs> to be fair to Turkington, it was a very clean pass, no yeah. problem with that at all. Um, Turkington was having to balance the attack with also the <coughs> defence from Camish. Yep. Um, coming into that last complex, Camish was all over the back of him sometimes, yes. yeah. um, and he did very well to hold off Camish and then finally get past Smiley. Yeah, he did, um, and then of course Camish would later slip past Smiley as well in the much faster uh, Civic Type R. Again, he just struggled then Camish to keep the gap. It's yeah, mm. I mean. Turkson closed the gap on Jordan incredibly impressively, but not really enough to trouble no. uh, him taking his fifth win of the season. And it's alarming that Cam couldn't keep 
keep the gap. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Hill had issues in this race. Yeah, unlucky um, in this one. Suffered an engine failure on lap four. Got put out early onto the grass by Ingram as well. Fair move. Yeah. Bump, uh, you know, door handle, door handle. But you know, I don't. I don't think either of those incidents were linked. It was just <laughs> unfortunate that the Audi engine let go. Uh, and unfortunately, he wasn't able, able to make it out for race three. No, it was a shame. Um, but no, no problems with the move of Ingram. That's that's racing. Um, I thought Plato was incredibly racy in this one. Uh, he, you know, looked to be quite quick. I think he's really getting to grips with this Astro now in a mm. way that Card isn't. Yeah. Um, and he does. I mean, obviously Neil passed him brilliantly, <clears throat> but he doesn't. He's come to be in the top ten, and there's faster cars on paper behind him, and he's keeping yeah, them yeah. behind. He's holding his own. He's keeping the pace. Uh, later on in race three, he'd set the fastest lap until very late into the race. So it's inter- I'm interested to see what he can do in that car for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's he's looking consistent, especially over the last what three weekends. Both both of them have been there or thereabouts in the top ten. Yep. And can, we all know that consistency is what eventually wins you this championship. And he's been there long enough. And PMR have been in this. Um, you know, in the championship long enough now they needed those experienced drivers to help them take the next step I think Plato is helping them do that so the development is obviously going well the Vauxhall's getting quicker and quicker uh, and Plato's been if you say, consistently at the front rather than consistently at the back yeah as you said Neil made consistent progress through the uh, field and uh, one of those drivers that he passed was Tom Chilton who eventually got shuffled down to ninth in this race yeah, yeah as we say can't, couldn't handle the weight I think it's fair to say no but crucially Another top 10 finish, and that's what wins you championships. Yep, and of course, shuffled down to 9th, that would eventually see him on pole for race 3. It would. Talking of shuffling, uh, Sutton was shuffled back after the race, after an incident with Chris Meyer. Now, I think this is slightly harsh, although people will probably call me biased in the Sutton camp. Um, So basically, Chris Sutton's trying to get past Smiley. For me, Chris Sutton? Sorry. (laughs) Ash Sutton is trying to get past Chris Smiley. You can see what I did there. Um, and for me, he's far enough down the inside. See, for me, he isn't. Wow. I think I think it's front wheel to rear wheel, and new regulations state that you have to be at the B pillar of the car in front, which it, is the driver's door. Agreed. However, I say that the way he's done the move, Smiley can clearly see him and shouldn't turn across. Mm. I think both could back out of that move. And both, oh, yeah. I think it'd be avoided if both of them take action. And for that reason, because both of them, for me, are at fault in their own way, it's a racing instant. That, yes. That's how I see it. Because yeah. the way that corner is set up, you can clearly see where Sutton's coming. Yeah. He, he's got to make the move. You know he's going to make the lunge. Smiley can see it and still turns across. But yeah, he, he's done a cutback manoeuvre. So he's gone wide into yeah. the corner first of all. He's tried to get cut back underneath him to get position on him to pass him into the final hairpin. Yeah. And when we saw it live, we thought, hmm... It's questionable. It's questionable. Um, and we had to see a couple of replays to see what angle there was and whether one moved over on the other. And yeah, it's still difficult. I can understand why the stewards have made oh, the absolutely. decision. Absolutely, I can. Um, I can. And that decision was a five-place grid drop for Sutton for race three. Seems a little harsh. A little harsh, yes. But Smiley then was nowhere for race three. Because that put Smiley to the back. Does, back of but the grid of what would have been a solid points finish for him again. It's a balancing act though, isn't it? Because you want to see racing, you want to see moves made. Mm. You know, you don't want to see people powering past on the straight using a DRS system or similar. Mm. That's what F1 has become recently. We love the touring cars because of the you know the wheel to wheel action and the the you know the fact that people do make these exciting overtake moves. I just think in this situation, I think Sutton is probably more to blame. He can back out, but I think Smiley can back out too. I think both. 
hold some culpability. Especially as it was on the final lap. Yeah. Into the final complex. Yeah. You're thinking, just take the points. Yeah. But Sutton's got that racer in him. He does. And the, the gap was there. The chance was there. And if you want to see people racing, and you want to mm. see wheel-to-wheel action, you're going to have to accept that sometimes the car's going to point in the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, one other thing to note for me in that race, uh, Butcher, Butcher's car just kept on disintegrating this weekend. wasn't the best weekend for Rory, was it? came in as championship no. or joint championship leader, ends it quite far off the championship. Yeah. Um, uh, there were just knocks with other drivers, with scenery, and he just... I don't know, he wasn't in his rhythm. Wasn't on it this weekend, was he? No. Just a bit out of sorts. Um, but as we've seen, having a bad weekend, AJ Donington, yep. doesn't necessarily spell the end of the championship. Um, it's going to be a very interesting, well, I say last few, we've got lots to go, but yeah, it's mm. going to be a very interesting season. Uh, Shall we round out the results then for race two? So as we said, Andrew Jordan took a lights to flag victory, uh, followed home by Colin Turkton and Dan Camish made up the podium. Uh, Matt Neal, as we said, came through the field, did well, finished fourth, followed by Sutton, Plato, Ingram, Cook, all experienced uh, touring car drivers, and completing the top ten were Chilton and Moffat. Yeah, Moffat did quite well to work his way through the field in this one, as did Morgan to stay there or thereabouts. You, you both, you feel that both have more to give. Yeah. Um, but I do feel that ca- both cars are so far behind the other cars in the grid. Yeah, it's, there doesn't seem to be much development from the Mercedes this season. No. Also in the points, Stephen Jelly, Senna Proctor, Rory Butcher and Sam Tordoff. Uh, Jack Goff just missing out on the points, which is unfortunate for him. Um, and as we said, the, there are only two non-finishes in this race. Uh, we said Jake Hill had the engine failure and also uh, Sam Osborne didn't uh, complete a lap. No. Race three. Race three then, and an absolute gamble on the grid for Tom Ingram and a couple of the other drivers. Uh, why was there a gamble, Sam? Well, we had an almighty downpour before race three. Um, the Porsches suffered the most of it, um, and they had a wet race beforehand, and the track was still pretty sodden when it came to the start. Yes, um, a couple of drivers went for the slick tyres. I thought at the time that was brave and a bit perhaps yes. too bold. Um, <laughs> the track was drying, but I mean it was still so damn good. I mean, Cook, uh, Louise made the point in the grid, Josh Cook's vision from second was literally a river into the first corner. Yes. Um, I was, I loved Ingram's interview on the grid. It's like, slicks, go for slicks, why not? <laughs> I think if Ingram knew he realistically had a chance of being champion this year, he'd have stayed on wets. Oh, yeah. I think this was a good chance to, my cynical side says it's a good chance to get some data on a, <laughs> well, on a changing track condition. Yeah. Uh, my cynical side says this was a good chance for him to get some data into the car. Uh, and he wanted a play by the look of it. Yeah, oh, God, he was very sideways, wasn't he? Very skiddy. Um, but testament to his driving ability, uh, whilst he did throw the back end out a couple of times he never really looked to be losing it he did well to hold hold mm, the car he did um, starting on slicks it did mean that he slipped from third to 22nd on yes. the first lap yes. um, and as we continued throughout the race we realised that the slicks weren't really going to come in but to be fair to Inga we've seen only this season what can happen if you get the tyre gamble right yeah um, opening race of the season we yeah. saw it and if he'd had I'd have say another six seven laps he would have probably won the race could have done um, but yeah, the drivers that started on wets looked comfortable even towards the end of the race when it dried out. Chilton was in 
particularly impressive in this race for me. He really did manage his tyres so mm. well. Um, well. Chilton, uh, Cook and Plato just seemed to gap everyone at the front. Yes, they did. Again, that was interesting. That, you know, Plato finished a full you know, four seconds or so ahead of Ash Sutton. Yeah. Um, Again. Who who we know is very good in the wet. And to be fair to him, he was very good in the wet. Let's not forget that Sutton had that five place grid penalty yep. uh, from the first, from the second race, uh, and he made an absolutely beautiful move into the hairpin to get past Neil. Mm. It was absolutely he sold him a textbook, wasn't it? Oh, well, I hope Neil got the receipt. Is all I'm going to say because <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. And to do it on somebody like Neil as well. I mean, again, when as we said earlier with Neil on Plato, etc. You're talking about a good driver you're getting mm. past. You know, it has to be a great move. And he, he just caught Neil out. It was brilliant. Yeah. There were a couple of incidents early on. Yep. Uh, Smiley, as I said, being down the field, you get caught up in incidents. Uh, and he got caught up with Goff coming into the final complex. Went for a move down the inside. Optimistic? Uh, considering that he had you know, just been the victim of a similar yeah. move, it seemed odd that he was ready, ready to do that to Goff, who... Completed the poor weekend by not finishing this one. Yeah, um, uh, broke his toe link and also bought the safety car out. Yeah, uh, we've said it before. Team Hards are really struggling with that car now. Um, mm. I'd say it's come to be the slowest on the grid. Uh, it doesn't look at all racy. Ooh, harsh. No, it's enough. You've got, got, got the MGs. Yeah, no, it's easy to forget about the MGs, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether they're being a little bit ambitious trying to run a four with this focus on us, mm. you know, a three, but with better cars. Yep. Um, Butcher, he finally made some progress in this race. Kept it relatively clean. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a solid drive. I think it's what you, you give him. You came home in seventh. Uh, a lovely move on Andrew Jordan, to be fair, later on in the mm. race to, to move up there and, and had a chance to get past Turkington. And, you know, gave him, gave him a fright, I think you'd say, at points. But, yeah, it was, it was a, a consolidation race for him, really. Yeah, something that he really needed after his poor start to the weekend. Um, he needed to score points this weekend to keep in some sort of touch in the championship. Absolutely. Um, something I wasn't expecting to see again, uh, considering his recent uh, seasons, Plato on the podium will be at the bottom step. But mm. um, there was a point where I did genuinely wonder if Plato would ever get a podium again. Uh, <laughs> well, no, yeah, that's, yeah, I think he'll be the yeah. first to admit he had a very difficult season last year uh, at BMR. Uh, and I, I think he'll be the first to admit as well. I think he'd lost his not nerve but his drive his for the drive sport for it, yeah. um, but you can see now he's back at the front in a car that he can actually get something out of he's very racy again and he made a he, he can enjoy it again can't yeah, he? and he is enjoying it again you can see yeah. that he made a couple of good attempts on Cook kept it clean between the pair of them did very yeah. well um, obviously showed each other a lot of respect but he was racing he's been racing for the last three seasons and sorry mm-hmm. three, three uh, meetings um, and I, I have to say, I'm, I'm happy to see him back on the podium. And if you told me that this time last year, he'd be on the podium, <laughs> I would have said, well, the rest of the field didn't finish then. <laughs> um, in this race, Moffitt had a penalty for a false start. Yeah, that's interesting. Every event we've had a false start now. Yep. Um, and it was unusual. I assume that you can't take it under the safety car, which is why he hadn't. Pit his clothes, I think. Yeah, um, which was unfortunate because if he'd taken it before the safety car, then it would put him in a better position. But hindsight's a wonderful thing talking of this start though I noticed that because the grid was so big they were queuing them around the back of the hairpin but there are mm. no markers mm. therefore can one jump the start if there's no markers I mean it's, robot- very, it's very difficult to do that on a curved piece of track isn't it I mean, especially I like that the row bottom when he started towards the back you know, started almost on the outside of the corner almost mm. one wheel on, on the off as it was to get the yep. grip off the line I mean is that it seems a bit funny that 
a bit odd that Moffat moving a couple of inches is deemed worse than than that. Yeah, it's questionable whether the um, grid size at Croft really works. Um, I think personally they should possibly move the start line further down the pitch straight. No, go free abreast. <laughs> to get everyone on the actual straight. No, stack them free abreast. <laughs> get some really, really excitement in there. Um, but yeah, I suppose to, to be fair, you know, we, we're suggesting it's a bit silly, but everyone knows the rules, everyone knows that they're mm. going to be hot on this this season, and they have been. Um, just don't creep forward. It's, you know, mm. It is what it is. During that safety car, uh, Jelly came in and thought he'd uh, switch it up a little bit and go for some dry tyres. Yep. And then was a rolling chicane. Yes. He he caused a bit of an issue for Camish coming into Sunny Inn, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. He got in the way. Simple yeah. as that. He got in the way. Um, Camish, uh, Camish outbraked himself and ran wide and lost a couple of places from it. Yeah, I felt sorry for Cam on that one because... For me, Jelly's in the wrong place. He's you know, mm. he's blocked essentially Cam's line. Yeah. Um, just not a particularly good strong show from Jelly again, I'm afraid. Nope. There was some redemption towards the end of the race for Ingram, uh, setting fastest laps on the final two laps of the race. Yep. Um, it, it was just too late, really, wasn't it? Yeah. There'd been there's a, a good period in the race where he was matching uh, yeah. what Chilton was putting although to be fair Chilton said after he was going quite slow and gentle on the throttle as not to spin mm. the wheels and burn out the tyres um, so yeah Ingram did take the fastest lap away from Jason Plato um, again it's, I just find it really interesting that the Astros were able to set the fastest lap in this race mm. because you know, there are again quote stronger cars on the grid and I think without trying to get too excited I'm really interested to see what the second half of the season brings with that box so I really am because I think that they are getting closer Yes, but Collard certainly needs to buck his ideas up. Because at the moment, I think Plato is outperforming him. Collard's making far too many mistakes for me. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if Collard doesn't finish the season either. Well, um, end of race three. Obviously, Tom Chilton ran out winner um, from Josh Cook and Plato, who, as we said, gapped the rest. Yep. Uh, Sutton finishing fourth, uh, keeping behind uh, Neil Turkton, Butcher, Jordan, Adam, uh, Adam Morgan, and Dan Camish, who rounded out the top ten. Uh, Ollie Jackson, another decent showing, finishing inside the points uh, in eleventh, followed by Sandon Proctor, toured off. Bobby Thompson, points as well, yep. and Carl Bordley. Uh, importantly, three point finishes for Proctor, which I think is the first that's happened this season. Yeah. Um, more signs of life from him in the Subaru, although, again... It's I think he he's finally adapting, isn't he? He hasn't been in a real-wheel drive car before, as far as I'm aware. No. Um, so it is something that he needs to adapt to. We saw the problems that Plato had adapting to it. Yeah, although Plato was excellent in it until the power down, mm. which uh, we'll discuss shortly. But that's rounds up race three. So it's time for our personal awards of the weekend. Sam, who was your driver of the day? Oh, it was a tough one for me. It was between two drivers. Uh, obviously, AJ had an excellent weekend, two wins, and uh, a solid points finish. Yep. Um, but also Tom, Tom Chilton. He's, he was consistent this weekend and he showed pace that probably outweighed what we thought the car was able to do. Yep. Um, I've gone a bit, well, very left field. Uh, mm -hmm. As you say, AJ, terrific, but I'm taking into account the car he's in. Uh, and I'm going to go for Matt Neal, who I thought had some in, uh, very vintage moves, 
showed good pace all weekend, held his own against much faster cars, three points finishes, wasn't far off the podiums of any of the races. Nope. Um, you know, he's certainly looking like he's you know belong well, we know he belongs here, but he you know, the age where we've discussed the guard is perhaps changing, he's very much holding his own still. Yeah, he is. Uh, your surprise of the day then? Well, similar to what you just mentioned in your drive day, it's, it's got to be Chilton. I expected Motorbase to really struggle here. They have done historically. Chilton struggled here historically. Three top ten finishes, two podiums and a win. Uh, that's a very good weekend, however you look at it. Yeah, for me, along the same sort of lines, Ollie Jackson. That yep. performance in qualifying, his best of his touring car career, and also that recovery that he had in race three. Yeah, as um, well. To come back from the issues that he had in race one. Race two didn't make too much progress, but race three really showed that he had the pace around around Croft. Uh, your villain of the day. Uh, I've got three names down here. I um, can see that one of them is the same that I have, so that's interesting. So, Oliphant for his performance race two onwards. Because race one, yes, he was solid, backed up Turkington. But in a car that we know has so much pace, he he's not showing it. At Brands, he was able to keep up with... Um, Turkington and Jordan but when it comes to crucial points he's not able to convert in his defence though let's not forget this is really his first experience of running with ballast because he yeah. wasn't running with ballast last year an awful lot if it was it wasn't an awful amount um, and he's also not run this close to the front in his touring car career he is still he's not a debut, debut Tom, but I almost class him as a debut Tom, mm. considering some of the experience on the grid I'm yeah. willing to give him more of a pass so I agree with you. I think we need to see more from him this season as, as we go through uh, another one of mine is Butcher it's a, it's a poor weekend it from is a poor weekend it's a mistake in qualifying has led to the poor weekend as yeah. well yeah. Um, yes he made a good recovery in race 3 but the amount of damage and the possible cost that he's cost the team yeah. this weekend could be an issue. Yeah, no, it's difficult to, to disagree from that point. Um, certainly the joint leaders who came into this were very far out of that contention now after this weekend just didn't really race and just, you know, you say never really got into a rhythm that was out of sorts, making mistakes, mistakes, mm. mistakes, odd, 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 odd. Uh, I'll, I'll let you claim my third one. Uh, it's Collard, I'd put it here. He mouthed off on Twitter on the uh, after the qualifying. Understandably so, there's a lot of angry, uh, frustrated drivers, mm. but, you know, you then can't you know, put the hashtag get a grip and then lose the grip which brings out the safety car and ruins your weekend that's not how it works Rob yep. um, we're talking about one of the most experienced drivers on the grid um, and he's just yeah, he can't seem to get out of the car what Plato is nope. um, I think I don't think he's costing PMR particularly because uh, he's always going to be good for developing the second car but you know Plato's absolutely outshining him here yep. um, and I think at the start of this is we perhaps thought it would be the other way around Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, he's he's done well to get a drive. Obviously, he's left West Surrey Racing in some odd circumstances, it would appear. Yeah. Um, but he's not really ever got going this year. He's been involved in instant after instant after instant, as yeah. Card often is. I, I think the highlight of his year so far was the reverse grid podium at Donington. Yeah. And well, Plato's now now done that at Croft, and he's. It looks like he's in position to get higher up that podium as we yeah. go through. Albeit I. I did ask you that over the weekend and you said it would probably come from reverse grid. I'd probably have to agree. Yeah. But if you're going to put money on one of the PMR drivers getting the win, you put all your money on player at the minute. Yeah. Um, a little little new segment. Uh, who is your team of the weekend? So who collectively has done the best best job in across the whole weekend qualifying throughout the race has been the most consistent as a team? It's difficult 
BTC Racing, another strong weekend from them. Yeah. Um, they're, they're what I call a solid team this year, the pair of those. Not necessarily household set the world alike names, but very consistent, solid drivers. Um, Motorbase, do you include Nick Hamilton in that category? No. No, in that case, Motorbase. Yeah. Uh, probably this weekend. Again, because I think we spoke about this at the end of the Thruxton review, we th- we really did fear for mm. Motorbase coming here. They'd had a poor weekend at Thruxton, a power hungry circuit. Croft is not exactly a power less circuit. Yeah. Uh, and they really did set, set the record straight, I thought. Yeah, for me, I've got BTC racing down here. Both Cook and Smiley had very good results this weekend. It could have been better for Smiley if he hadn't had the incident in race two, yep. um, which then sort of like knock-on effect in race three to that incident as well. Yep. Um, but BTC racing, some, showing some of the form that they had in the opening weekend yep. in changeable conditions. Yeah, I'd agree. So a quick roundup of the championship then after the Croft weekend and Turkton still leads the way. Uh, he's opened a gap now over uh, Josh Cook of BTC Racing to nine points, eleven points, nine points, eleven points, eleven points. Do you want to? Maths was never your strong point, was it? No, it wasn't. Well, you know, they all count. All the points count. Ash Sutton, consistent, Mister consistent. You know, it will all be it. Not a particularly exciting weekend for him no podium finish but still collecting the points yeah. um, but then just below him Andrew Jordan right back in this now isn't he well, after Donington he was what 60 points off of Turkington and now it's down to what less than 30 uh, it's, it's an astonishing comeback of comebacks it is and it isn't as we'll come on to later yeah um, Ch- Chilton you know did did well to resurrect uh, his championship bid after the disastrous Thruxton weekend for him. He's still there or thereabouts. I'd argue that Camish is probably already too far back. Although, who knows? We've seen, as you say, comebacks from Jordan. But I think those top it's going to be one of those top seven that wins this championship. I don't know if you'd agree. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Um, obviously, we've got Butcher in there at sixth. Had a poor weekend, as we said. But he's only, what, 30 points off the lead of the championship. He's sure. still there or thereabouts. He's in a quick car, so don't write him off. No. Nope. Uh, do you know what I'm starting you might laugh I'm starting just to wonder whether Matt Neal will come into uh, contention a bit later on you know he's being consistent isn't he he's not like setting the world alight but he's there and thereabouts every weekend points and he is yeah I just look at it and think don't ever write Matt Neal off and he'll be happy he'll be happy sat there in fifth not really done a lot but you know still in the the title hunt um and as they're sharing data with BTC Racing, that car could get quicker. It could. Uh, still four drivers, not score points yet. And it's it's getting to that point in the season where you think, mm, are the MGs ever going to score a point? No. I thought Robot was unlucky not to get a point this weekend. Yeah. He was close to the points. I think he probably will pick up points before the end of the season. This is the best weekend I've seen him, him deliver. How the hell's Mark Blundell picked up points? Oh, he did it early on in the season. Ah, oh, fair play. <laughs> The manufacturers then, uh, unsurprisingly, BMW stay top and have a strong weekend for them. Honda are keeping keeping yeah. tighter than I expected. Yeah, they're keeping the pace. Well, I was saying, Neil and Kamish are both in the top seven of mm. the title. Um, and does Andrew Jordan's points count towards this? Yes. They do. Okay, well. Yeah, I am even more surprised that Honda are keeping pace. Uh, yeah, five points between them. Subaru about 30 off. Uh, more, well, 30, 35 off. Uh, and you'd argue that already Vauxhall and Toyota are probably too far back. Yeah, we didn't expect Toyota to do much this season with it only being Ingram running. No, don't rule out Vauxhall getting third though. That would be a good result if they get you know, third third place. Don't rule it out. 
Moving on to the teams then, uh, and actually, surprisingly at the top, how was Yarasa Racing ahead of B uh, Team BMW? Though of course, at this point, uh, Andrew Jordan's points do not count. No, they don't. Uh, he has his own Pertec Racing team uh, for this purpose. But again, this is what we mean, consistency from the two uh, Halfords boys. Yeah, and BTC Racing only, what, 8 points off of, um, sorry, 12 points off of Team BMW. Yep. They've shown consistency this season as well, and I think they're going to solidly secure that third position in the championship. Again, I think already we're seeing too much of a gap opening up between Cobra Sport, AMD, etc., Agent Flux, Subaru Racing, and Sterling Power Max are probably all too far back already, I'd say. Yeah. In terms of the independent drivers, uh, Josh Cook leads the way uh, from Rory Butcher. I think Cook will probably win this this season. Yeah, he's looking more consistent. Um, I think... They've probably got to have a bad weekend at some point. Although arguably, you could you could make the point they had a bad weekend this weekend in terms of they didn't, Cook didn't qualify particularly well. But even when they don't have good weekends, they seem able to have the car and the ability to turn what looks like a bad weekend into a you know a solid one. Yeah, uh, I think the top three in this this championship are going to be the top three uh, yeah. at the end of the year. Cook in first, Butcher second, Chilton third. There's quite an extensive gap to Morgan in fourth. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and then Jake Hill, Moffitt, Tordoff, they're all... Best of the rest, really, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, midfield runners. Yeah, exactly. In terms of independent teams, then, we have top of the driver standings, uh, unsurprisingly, BTC Racing. We have a little bit of a gap now over Cobra Sport, etc. Uh, team Shredded Wheat, a bit far back. But really, Chilton's the only consistent point scorer mm. there. Um, again, I think BTC Racing are... Well, they're certainly a team to beat on this. Uh, the Jack Sears trophies, this is for people that have never had a podium coming into this weekend, uh, coming into this season, sorry. Rory Butcher leads the way. It's uh, comprehensive, isn't comprehensive, it? Comprehensive, yeah, from Tom Oliphant. Uh, it would be quite a large overhaul here to unseat Rory Butcher, who you just wonder if he'll ever have a better season in Touring Cars. Yeah, I, I, hope he, I hope he continues to develop. Yes, oh, me too. Um, and I think with the right leadership and being in the right team, he will. And we know Tim Harvey absolutely loves him, which <laughs> uh, that's evidence from Silverstone last year. Well, shall we end on some, uh, any other business? Do you have anything to discuss this week, or are we going to discuss the same topic I, I, I fear might be the latter? Uh, no, I've got track limit issues. Oh, well... I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, so Croft isn't a MSV track, so we don't have the sensor pads that we have at many of the other tracks around the calendar. Yep. Um, and the first corner at Croft is notorious for people absolutely wiping out the bollards on the outside of the corner and just straight lining it pretty much. I said to you at the time, it's ridiculous that running wider Alton Park's first corner. Yeah, uh, which has been a staple of that circuit throughout the years, now attracts a penalty, whereas straight lining a chicane, mm. as we've seen all weekend at Croft, does not. Yeah, and and the issues that I have with the rectal cell barriers, as I said earlier, there needs to be some something better, a better solution for keeping the drivers safe yep. and also keeping them within the limits of the track, whether that's sausage curbs, like we see at some tracks, Yeah. Um, hay bales. Hay bales, I feel, are more solid than the rector cells. But will look amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, there needs to be some something better, um, and there also needs to be more consistency on track limits. Agreed. Because if you're going to Im uh, impose it in tracks that have the special uh, systems in place, then why don't you impose it for the whole season? 
it's like the VAR, isn't it? They're only available in Premier League grounds, yep. but you know, have it available throughout a tournament. Yeah. Um, no, I agree for what it's worth. Um, we saw at Thruxton that they uh, messed about with the tyres in the last chicane, in, out, in, out, shake it all about. You do the Tom Chilton, you crash into the barrier. But I'm with you, it just seems that they've got a completely unnecessary and too hard-line solution here that has caused problems. It's caused danger throughout the weekend. Mm. Lots of cars have clipped them and had bodywork hanging off, and that's it's, fine. It's, if you costs, then... it's cost to the team as well. Well, it is, but it's unnecessary cost to the team. But also, if you're going to have it there, you're going to appreciate the potential damage. You don't have to be hot on enforcing that damage with the black and orange black. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to go down that route and you're going to say, no, we're taking a hard line approach, you clip it, that's your own fault, you've then got to black and orange flag them. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to get Ollie Jackson disintegrating quicker than a, a rocket on re-entry into Earth, uh, a butcher simile. And then the Janetta one was really stupid. That The angle mm. of that spoiler was, you know, that could have gone through a windscreen and impaled something. Like that. Ridiculous. Say, you, you only have to see issues of um, mechanical pieces coming off cars in F1 mo- most notably, which um, caused serious injury to Felipe Massa. Yeah. And I know we're not talking so as heavy objects, but they're still objects that can cause issues. If a spoiler landed on my head, I think I'd know about it. Oh, yeah. Is all I'm going to exactly. say. And I couldn't believe the angle that was at and how, how mm. long he was allowed out of that. I just think you've got, if you're going to have those, those uh, measures at the track, you've got to enforce them. Yep. My AOB, uh, BMW, this is silly. Yeah, they're uh, rather quick, aren't they? Oh, it's alarming, Sam, to be honest with you. Uh, race 2 for me was uh, very concerning. Uh, mm. When you've got a car with maximum ballast and you wouldn't know it's got maximum ballast. Mm. I think this really does have to be looked at. I'm, I don't want to be the doom and gloom and I want to see racing and yeah, BMW got a good car. And you want it to be competitive. Yeah, I want it to be competitive. I, I accept BMW with a good car and I accept West Surrey Racing are a very well established team in the touring cars. You'd expect them to be slightly ahead of other cars in the grid. I've got no yeah. problem with that. My problem is that uh, if you compare the sport to F1, F1's become slightly dull and predictable. I know we argue about this, but Mercedes won every single race this yep. season. It's getting quite dull and predictable. And I worry the touring car is going to go the same way because the BMWs are so far and ahead of the rest of the field, it's worrying. Yeah, well, we've seen limits put onto vehicles before, as you said, with the Subaru. Yep. First of all, when it came in, it was really quick. Oh, it's ridiculous. It was, it, was, it was like this. It was stupidly quick. And and we saw that toned back with either boost pressure changes or other changes yep. made to the car. Um, no, it's important to note that BMW did have a slight uh, boost pressure change for this weekend, mm-hmm. um, but it only reduced the car's speed by four miles per hour at the top end of its performance, i.e. Yeah. You know, hitting 126 have taken that down to 122 so I mean it's not really you know that's not the point here and no. Jordan was still comfortably quicker and again Turkton was able to close the gap quite alarmingly quickly as well once he got past Smiley in race two yeah and I mean a 10 second gap between the top two and the rest of the field it's something that we don't want you, to see and you rarely see in touring yes. cars as well historically you rarely see that in the touring cars yeah um, and this has been a big incident behind and the you know but generally, that doesn't happen. And in this case, there was no incident. It was no. just two cars going off into the distance. Um, and as I said, at the t- uh, as we looked through race two, the fact that Dan can couldn't keep pace in what is no slouch mm. it is worrying for me. And I think that this needs, this needs to be looked at. Yeah, it will be interesting to see whether they have a look at this before Alton Park, which is the next meeting. Yeah. Um, it's not that far away, only seven days. I think it's too soon for them to do anything, to be honest with you. I think the more like is going to come in the summer break. Yeah, uh, which by then, could it be too late? There's, there's a possibility. There's a possibility, um, but equally I don't actually expect 
being able to have that strong an outing at, at Alton Park. It's mm. a bit more twisty. There's a few more tight corners than we've seen in the Thruxton and Alton. Um, and we saw where was uh, Sutton the quickest uh, and the most racy. It was in the tight hairpins. Yep. Alton Park's got that. Um, and I do think that that might level the playing field slightly in time for that to be looked at for the summer break. Yeah. Well, I think that concludes. As always, thank you very much for listening. Uh, do feel free to drop us a review. Uh, give us a star liking system, whatever it's called these days, on Apple and iTunes or Pod, whatever it's called, uh, and do pass the pod. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 